Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do? The podcast. Your host, Dan, Dennis Mantler, speaks with artists and entertainers about their day jobs. And continuing with Music Week, we have a great episode for you. I got this to hang out with my friend Nancy Hornberg and her bass player, Sue Warner, from the band War on Women. They are a feminist, hardcore punk band uh, out of the Baltimore area where I am from. I, I've known Sue... God, probably going on 15, 16 years now, like since I was a teenager in college, her band, the High School Hellcats, were one of my first interviews when I was doing college radio. I was doing an internet radio station for Montgomery College in Rockville, Harvard on the Pike, as we used to call it. So her band uh, was just a good, like, just straight up punk band. It was three women. Occasionally they had a guy who'd come in and also play, like, uh, secondary guitar, lead guitar, whatever he was playing in it, uh, also playing a guitar along with them. And they kicked so much ass. Back in the day, they were great. And then he had a pretty good going career, too. And I was running a local music internet radio show where I would have local artists come on. We talk, we interview them, they would play, and then we'd call it a day. I'd play tracks all day long about uh, from other local bands and pl- plug them. Basically doing a radio show, but with local artists. Exactly that. Not basically, that's exactly what it was. And um, it was fun, but it was for the internet only. It was the early 2000s when nobody really could listen to radio. So it was it was a good fun time. Uh, it wasn't super successful, but there's still a lot of bands out there that I'm friends with because of that show alone. And Nancy was one of them. She's now in this band, War on Women. Uh, their drummer is also a friend of mine, Evan Tanner, who owned Fletcher's, which was a a notorious, legendary punk rock bar in Baltimore. Which, by the way, I think it just opened, reopened as Bad Decisions, which is my buddy John Rusing's bar from up the street. He bought the location. Now he's opening his bar in that location. It, uh, Evan sold it. To somebody else. Oh, no, I'm, uh, I think... Yeah, whatever the problem is. Basically, Fletcher's was owned by Evan for uh, Tanner for a while, who has Tanner's Pickles, which, by the way, amazing pickles. Google Tanner's pick- Pickles, T-A-N-N-E-R-S. Uh, Tanner and I, Evan and I didn't get to sit down and talk about his pickling business uh, when they were here in Boston, but we have a great interview with Nancy and Sue as well. I just couldn't add one more exciting detail into it, but he had a great business. And we became friends because I would hang out all the time at the bar. And so him and Nancy are in the band. They're doing a great job. The band's doing very well. It's very successful right now. They're on Bridge Nine Records. Right now they're on tour uh, in Europe, but they were on tour here in Boston with Flag, who are members of Black Fat, which is just a legendary punk band. And it was great for them. Like, Des Kaderner from the band came out and sang one of their songs. It was very exciting for all of us. And I'm not even in the band. I'm friends with them. Uh, I can't imagine how exciting it was for them. And that was the first night that Bla- that Des came out and sang with them. So I think we were all very excited. But it was a fun show. We got to hang out backstage and talk. Uh, I got introduced to Sue, who this is the go back. Uh, if you know me, maybe you've read my Twitter bio. I am the Kevin Bacon of Baltimore or the former Kevin Bacon of Baltimore. And by that, I mean, I am connected to everybody in, in less than six steps. Here's evidence of it. Uh, Sue and I were talking. She found out I was kidding. She was like, oh, I date a comedian. I was like, oh, who is he? Mike Moran. Mike Moran, I know Mike. He's great. Uh, him and I kind of started comedy around the same time. Maybe he started maybe a little bit before me, but he, him and Josh Cardona have a great podcast that I listen to. You should check out this uh, Digression Sessions podcast. Um, you know, So it's like, hey, here's somebody that I met through a friend who already knows me through somebody else's friend, through another friend. Like that's... That warms my heart a little bit. I, granted, we all, everyone in Baltimore says we all know each other. It's Baltimore, but it warms my heart any time I run into somebody who knows somebody else, especially if I'm 400 miles away here in Boston. Uh, or, and by the way, just to have a quick tangent before I finish the band, I will be back in Baltimore uh, next weekend for a wedding, and I'm doing a show. Uh, what is it? Uh, what are we? What month are we in? August 19th at Zissimo's in Hamden. 
Uh, it's a $5 show. starts at 8 o'clock. There's a bunch of really good acts on it. Uh, it's kind of a variety show. I'll be doing stand-up comedy. It's going to be a fun time. So if, uh, Baltimore listeners, uh, Baltimore area, DMV listeners, go to Zissimo's Friday night and um, come see me and see other comedy. I might uh, stick around for the 10 o'clock open mic that night, too, and tell some brand new jokes. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, that plug is over. Let's continue to talk about the bands. I was really excited to sit down because when I knew Nancy, she was a bartender and she worked in a couple of other fields. And now she works in a field where she is basically helping people get a job, um, which is noble work. Uh, Sue is a data analyst for Johns Hopkins. We'll talk all about that in the podcast, explain what her job is, which is a very serious job. And we talk about how she's capable of doing her job from the road, like how technology has facilitated that. And of course, we talk about the band playing music and how our lives are affected by each job. Uh, I think it was very interesting. Her job is uh, very serious. Like, it was the epitome of what this podcast is about. You're doing one thing by day that's very serious and a very career, a very serious career, a very important career that you went through a lot of schooling through to do. Even before she was in college, she was learning how to do these things on her own as a computer programmer. So, And then she was also at the same time playing bass and guitar and stuff like that growing up and was able to turn that skill into a job more or less where she's able to tour on the road with bands uh like i said they're touring europe i think the european tour ends tonight i'm not sure uh but the the other thing about the music is it's very serious uh topic because it's about feminism uh their their lead singer shauna writes some very uncomfortable lyrics uncomfortable in the right way uh, I think uh, we'll talk about it on the podcast and you hear that. But if you are at all into hardcore music, check out War on Women. If you are at all a feminist um, or a equal uh, equalist, uh, if that's a word, uh, as long as you're not a, a bro dude who is a men's right activist, you're going to like War on Women. I know the name sounds bad, but it's, I guess, ironic. Uh, either way, the band is fantastic. Uh, if you like uh, hardcore punk music, you should go say, check them out. Uh, when they're in their area, go buy their CD if you want. Um, you know, th- Listen to it on Spotify. This is what you're going to do. If you have Spotify, go listen to the album on Spotify. If you like it, go to their Bandcamp page, waronwomen.bandcamp.com, and buy the album and support local artists. That's kind of why I'm doing this show, so I can help share really good friends of mine uh, with the rest of you. So... Thank you again uh, for downloading it, and, and thank you for listening, because every time somebody listens, this will hopefully share a little bit more with everybody else. So if you came here because you're a fan of War and Women, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm, by the way, hi, Dead or Dennis. I'm a comedian in Boston, formerly of Baltimore. I now have this podcast where I speak with artists and entertainers about their day jobs. Now you're up to date. Uh, nine minutes into the intro. <laughs> minute intro i don't even tell people who i am because i just assume you already all know who i am you all vetted me as a source because that's what i do because i'm obsessive compulsive about things anyway here is my podcast sitting down with sue warner and nancy hornberg of war on women maller m-a-l-e-r so all right um i'm gonna keep this short anyway because we're in a rush so um all right, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do a quick... We're not too rushed, you know, so like... You just, I don't want to uh, cut into your personals times. Uh, I appreciate Careful, there's hangers there. <laughs> I, appreciate, I do appreciate that. Uh, so real quick, what I'll do is I'll do an intro uh, for the podcast, which I normally don't do live, but uh, and then I'll introduce Nancy. She'll say 
something. That way people know what her voice is, and then I'll introduce Sue. Okay. You'll say something. Okay. That way they get your voice, and then we'll, we'll get sure, rolling on that. So, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do? The podcast where I, your host, Deadair Dennis Maller, interview artists and entertainers about their day jobs. And today we're having to do this real quick run on the gun because we are out of the studio, um, which you guys, if you listen to the podcast enough, know that makes me nervous because the studio, I can control things. And outside of the studio, in the real world where people are, I can't control things. Like right now, I'm recording this on my iPhone because the laptop that I use on location uh, is not working. And speaking of location, we are here at the... We? Well, we use the word we when I refer to myself. Uh, here at the Sinclair in Boston with uh, a good friend of mine who's in town on tour, uh, Nancy Hornberg. Uh, we're old friends from Baltimore. You can open the door. I don't want to want you to make you feel... Her singer's <laughs> also in the room. She's like tiptoeing around and I don't want to make her feel awkward uh, any more than I already make other people feel awkward in general. But uh, no, I'm here. Uh, real quick interview with my friend Nancy uh, Hornberg from War on Women. She's in town on tour. Uh, she's an old friend of mine the, uh, from Baltimore from the my early days in radio. Her Fletcher days. Yeah, well, Fletcher's even before that. Yeah. High School Hellcat days. Oh, yeah, yeah. High School Hellcat. Yeah, back when I was uh, doing internet radio at Montgomery College. They were one of the first bands to come on my show uh, when you guys were doing well. So, uh, and I, last time we saw each other, which was about three years ago, you were bartending, and I don't know what the job is that you do now. You're still tending bar, or? No, I work for a, a nonprofit whose focus is in um, helping people with barriers or disabilities find jobs. And it's considered a staffing agency, but it's, it's more of, it's temporary, but with the option to be long-term. So, it's not just like a temp agency where someone would work for two weeks and then get, you know, fired or let go or whatever. They uh, actually were happy when people get a permanent job somewhere. Okay. That's more mind-blowing than I thought it was going to be because I was looking at the staffing agent. And I was like, oh, staffing agent, you just help people get jobs. But I didn't read what the company was. Yeah, yeah. But it's a nonprofit, so that's a good thing. But also joining us, and I don't want to her be left out, uh, is the bass player for Warren Women, bass player for the band Sue Warner. And Sue, we were just talking because you work uh, at Johns Hopkins doing okay. something that I can't even fathom what it uh, is. Oh, that's right. So, um, hi, everybody. I'm Sue Warner. <laughs> uh, I work for Johns Hopkins University uh, Department of Physics and Astronomy, um, but the group I actually work with is called uh, IDS, which stands for Institute for Data Intensive Engineering and Science. So uh, I'm a senior programmer analyst there, and basically I work on big science data, like astronomy, cosmology, genomics, brain stuff, stuff like that, you know. So astrology's end brain? Astronomy? Astronomy. Astro what did I say? Astrology? Astrology, yeah. Uh, I, okay, is that, what's the difference? All right. Hi, I'm dumb. I went to Dundalk Public Schools. <laughs> what's the difference between astronomy and astrology? Well, astronomy is a science okay. that studies uh, stars and galaxies and basic, you know, basically uh, stuff you see in the sky at night. Mm. And astrology is uh, kind of magic that thinks that if you were born on a certain day of the year... Uh, you have a certain kind of personality, and also you can uh, tell the future by looking at where the planets are. Okay, fair enough. Like, basically, horoscopes and shit, that's astrology. Um, telescopes and shit, astronomy. astronomy. Okay, all right, because the words are very close, and right. I'm very dumb, and I'm going to mix those up a lot, so it's, feel free to... It's, shock, it's shockingly common. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. So, so astrology, voodoo, astronomy, science. Right. right. Okay, so how does the science of astronomy re relate to the brain? Oh, uh, well, basically... They both uh, often generate gigantically huge amounts of data 
for example, counting, you know, like uh, counting the number of uh, stars you can see in, in the night sky with a, a really, you know, high-powered high telescope, you know, it's lots, a whole lot, hundreds of billions, trillions, and, and, and also, like, let's say mapping the connections in your brain, mm -hmm. uh, neurons, for example, like, um, also, like, billions, trillions, uh, you know, so basically when you, when you have to... Uh, this, the, the kind of data that I work on, it, the science data, there's so much data that just the amount of it is a problem, you know? So, like, it's like, just like, how do we store it? How do we make it fast? How do, you know, um, how do we categorize it? That type of stuff. Okay. So, it's a matter of doing the science and figuring out, or is, is the science basically figuring itself out as it's going? Well, I mean... Right, the, the, the way a lot of science is right now, you kind of have to like be a computer expert to do real science, you know. Um, like, like people with astronomy, for example, people don't really like stare through telescopes at night, you know. They basically there's gigantic digital cameras taking huge pictures of the sky every night, and um, then there then these pictures are analyzed by computers and kind of uh, people don't. Like look like people's like eyeballs like are like the last thing that happens to these pictures you know like they they're computers analyze them and like you know figure out like okay uh, this this particular this particular point of light is really bright in uh, green and yellow and ultraviolet mm -hmm. for example and you know and then and then so so we so we have like magnitudes you know we 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 write that stuff down positioning stuff like that you know like how like how bright is this is this object in the sky? What color is it? Where is it? Uh, you know, we can you can tell a lot of stuff about like by analyzing the light in, in you know that that you can see through, through these cameras. Um, so yeah, but basically there's so much there's so much data that it uh, just just getting it and storing it and organizing it in a way that makes sense is really hard, and it's kind of not possible for. So, uh, you know, for e every single astronomer to also be like a computer database genius, um, uh -huh. so that's kind of where I come in. Uh, I know enough about the science in order to like make the, you know, the data the data part of it like make sense. And um, my my job is basically uh, talking to the scientists, trying to figure out what they want to do with the data, and uh, and then doing it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. How did you even get into that in the first place? Because um, okay. that's that, that's a, not something you just fall into by accident. No, I mean no. I have um, I have a degree in computer science. Um, I've been doing uh, computer programming and database stuff uh, for probably for, uh, professionally for about fifteen years. And before that, I started screwing around with computers when I was about six okay. uh, because I wanted to play games really bad and my parents would not buy me an Atari. <laughs> so the, the lack of having a video game system made you yeah, a computer genius kind of. at they a bought young me, age. They bought me, like, this, well, my uncle was throwing away this old computer and <laughs> I got a, a Radio Shack TRS-80 color computer <laughs> and uh, it did not have a disk drive or a tape drive or anything. All it had was uh, my parents bought me a book about how to program in BASIC and if I wanted to play a game, I was sitting there and typing it in from a listing in this book. And, well, <laughs> I'm, and, but I was so determined to play games that that's what I would go through to, to do it anyway. So, uh, but I, I think I started it at such, like, a young age that it kind of just started to make sense to me. Maybe it's like learning a language. Like, like if you, like, learn French when you're four years old or something, yeah, it's, it's like, way easier than when you're 20, you know? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I've always, like, done computers as a fun hobby, you know, but... Uh, 
I went I went to Rutgers College in uh, in New Jersey? Brunswick, New Jersey. Yeah, and uh, I was studying history. I was history major, um, and then I was and I was taking computer science classes like for fun because I would just get an A, a in them because I they were easy. To do this stuff. Yeah, and then my, my but you know but I was a history major. You know I, I was like I was writing papers about uh, American imperialism and stuff, and uh, but my dad uh, said Suzanne. If you uh, double major in computer science, um, I will let you go to college for five years instead of just four. And uh, so your dad talked you into spending I, an extra year at college to do what you want because he could kind yeah, of see well, that's well, what you wanted to do. Well, it's kind of like he was really. Um, I, this was like let's say like 1998, and mm-hmm. uh, this was about the time that people were starting to like make a lot of money in the internet, uh, like with the internet. And my dad thought that if I like you know, did computer science, then I would graduate and make him a million dollars and buy, and buy him a Jaguar. So it wasn't so much like, hey, I'm going to uh, force my daughter into doing a right. job no, I no, know no. she's going to love. It's more like, I'm going to force my daughter to get into something that's going to take care of me in the yeah, future. To, to, Very to, selfish. To be, to be honest, he was, he, was, he was really, really right. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I can, it, having a job like I do now um, allows me the, like the flexibility to also like play music, uh, which is, and go on tour and stuff, you know, and, no, uh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. How, cause that sounds like a very serious job that it t- is. T- takes a lot of your time. It is. How do you have the time to go ahead and be in a band well, as well? Um, I work a lot from the road, uh, okay. when you I can, can do that? um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, my, my, my job would be, uh, probably happier if I wasn't leaving to go on tour all the time. But um, I think, you know, I've worked there for a long time and I've, you know, it's, I feel like I am a valuable member of the team by this point And, you know, like. Uh, so you can do, because yeah. most of your job is just getting I do, information. I can do, I can do it. I, well, I, you know, I work on databases mostly. I'm okay. a database nerd. Uh, I'm a, and, you know, I write soft, you know, software, but ma- mainly for manipulating large amounts of data, you know. And I think a lot about disks and stuff. Like so do that. you are you do you need internet access to do your yeah, job? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Full time. I, mean, I mean, I mean, like, is it a VNC type uh, job? Like, you can. I, I, I use remote desktop. Yeah, mostly. Okay. But I can, I can, I can. I feel like now I should of, explain what remote desktop and VNC is to people you, you listening know, about you know it because we just nerded out a right, little bit yeah, on engineering, a little, bit, yeah. a little information stuff. Basically, <laughs> when you log in to, you, on your laptop, you like can uh, like log into your work computer from your laptop, yeah. let's say, and like Virtual the screen, network of, connection. the screen of your like work computer will now show up on your laptop. And you can you yeah. know, type stuff. So I used to do that because uh, I work in radio. And I was an oh, right, engineer sure. for a lot of years, so mm-hmm. we would VNC into our computers at, at work to do mm-hmm. things. And I used the technology's gotten to the point where I actually do it just from my iPhone. Right? Like yeah, I yeah. can literally run my entire radio station that I used to work for from my iPhone. I can pretty, record my breaks, is, put it in, segue things, right, do everything, yeah. and then just send it along. It, like it, very recently, we had because I did. We were just talking before. Mm-hmm. Everything got recorded that uh, I, I do traffic reports now mm. for television and radio. And we had a power outage in the building. And, of course, the redundant system of a backup generator did not work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were out of power. And we're sitting there. We needed to record a report. Just one reporter needed to put a report in. So this I was like, all right, let's do this. Brought up the database that I entered all the information mm-hmm. into. Because uh, it's, it's just a uh, website. Mm-hmm. That's a login. Logged in on my phone. Popped over to the voice recorder that we're recording this podcast on right, right now. Right. Yeah. Hit, went back to the to the website, handed it to my reporter in our studio, had her read the report right off the page that I wrote for her. Mm-hmm. Hit it, edited it, emailed it to the people, and they played it as if they that uh, it sounded as good as if she did it 
in the studio. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that. It's crazy that we've gotten <laughs> that. We're both short enough, yeah. just just tall <laughs> enough to hit all the hangers yeah. hanging above us in this dressing room. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy that technology's gotten to that yeah. point where we could do these things on the road, such like that. It's because actually you really wouldn't be able nice to do this, if, yeah. say, what 10, 15 years ago, you wouldn't be able no, to do no, this no. while on the road. It would be a. I was sure it sure would be a lot harder. Yeah. Like literally bringing a phone cradle and a dial-up connection. When you got in arguments with your brother and sister, it's like, fuck you, I want to use the phone. Shut up, we're using the internet. (laughs) Uh, We are all in our 30s, so we all know what AOL is here in this group. Like, I'm pretty sure at, at least once... Some of everyone in this room has had a song lyric as their away message on AOL Instant Messenger at one point. Oh, for sure, for sure. I was so, never on Messenger because my parents were just way too nosy. So, like, if I left something and it was my dad's computer, right. he would like go through and look at it. So, I never wanted to talk to people on the computer. I was like, I'll stick with the phone. Right? That's yeah. Why I was, like, never on it. See, I was such the tech nerd that I set up AOL Instant Messaging to come to my phone as text messages when text messaging started so that I could always be in contact because at that time I was booking bands and just started to do radio and I never wanted, still to this day, I don't like to be out of contact with mm-hmm. people. It is very, like, I don't uh, want to be unreachable ever. It is, it is, uh, it used to be a lot harder uh, back the, uh, to do shit like booking shows and tours uh, without the internet anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, especially like for when I was booking shows for bands, I would get up at, for work at 3.30 in the morning, go do radio. Mm-hmm. And the only computer I had was the c- computer at work. Mm-hmm. So I would do emails and fo- leave phone call messages for people at like 8 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then have to wait till 4, 5, 6 right, in the afternoon right, right. when some of them would get, would be waking up yeah. or be able to get to it. Like they didn't have access to email. Like they'd have to go after work to the library to check their emails right, for booking yeah, and stuff. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah. nice that like on the road here, we were like we I was down the street and we were able to granted we text, but also we were Nancy and I were able to message back and forth through Facebook mm-hmm. to I set up the time for this. A lot of people through that messenger, so it's like it's easy to stay in contact. Yeah, no, I treat it like email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh let's that since since we're talking about that, since we're she's able to do her job on the road, Sue's able to do her job on the road. Well, let me let me just. I mean, I'm not right. I'm not working 24 hours a day or anything. You know, I I'm I work I work when I can and or when I have to. You know, but like, uh, you know, like it, it's it, it. I much if if I can be in the office, I much prefer to be. You know, because right. then I I have you know a bunch of really big nice computer screens there rather <laughs> rather than like a tiny 13 inch laptop you know and everything but <laughs> you're not able to work while you're on the road so i guess well, it's I vacation mean, time for you or i could so basically i am an office person right now but mm-hmm. i'm being my title will be employment specialist but like it's just i didn't bring a laptop with me because i really didn't want to work yeah. this time i think probably in the fall i will bring one and stuff because i'll have to keep in more contact with people but i've been responding to emails from my boss and we through yourself Phone. Yeah, we've been chatting mm-hmm. on a daily basis too. So, um, and as far as like the there's somebody else in the office if they need my help, then I've been calling in. But um, a lot of my job is actual physical paperwork. Like where she's mm-hmm. in the tech world, I'm in old school bureaucrat fucking Fax machine. Yes, red tape. They want signatures on everything. People got to fill out the correct forms. People got to do this. And I mean, that's just the way it is. It's just. I, I help place people at, at Johns Hopkins and even to be a janitor, it's like a month and a half to get in there and all this paperwork, they got to take some tests online they gotta, and I have to make sure that is all in their f- personal file. 
so that if they go back and look at it, it's there. They want physical copy and uh, like you know available in the computer, but it's it's terrible. It's honestly, <laughs> if you don't like filing or anything, <laughs> yeah. like this is not the job for you. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's inter- the interesting thing because it. I knew you as a bartender, so yeah. going from tending bar where everything is person to person, cash transactions, ca- occasionally it's credit card stuff like that. How is that different for you now, having to sit in an office? during daylight hours. Oh, I fucking love it. I'm tired <laughs> of the service industry. I mean, it was just, I still work at Ramshead too. I didn't tell you this. I still do production assistant work. There. Okay. So, but I'll do it on the weekends or like I just worked for Maryland Death Fest and um, I, oh, Maryland I Death felt, Fest. I saw, uh, well, every year that comes around, I see the tweets for it and I'm like, yeah. I wish that I cared about death metal enough to go to that. <laughs> it's not just death metal, there's grind and those Yeah, but that whole, like, that whole, but that whole, like even, like your guys' music, I like. Yeah. And I, I'm afraid, like Shauna was coming in and out and I do want to say to her that her lyrics make, in the best compliment I can make this, her, her lyrics make me very, feel very awkward. That is they make me feel very uncomfortable, which I, I don't, mean, they're I, not really for, they're, they're not meant to be. But the, and the, you should, I mean, and you should, it's stuff that we aren't supposed to talk about and that's, it should stop making people uncomfortable, you know? So, I know. Well, that's, so that's I think it's kind of, it, yes. You know? And that's why I like it. Cause it invokes that, <laughs> that feeling inside of me. Like I'm listening to headphones on the bus and I'm listening to, um, say it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I, I have to turn the volume down cause I don't want anybody to hear it through my mm-hmm. headphones. And I understand what you guys are going for. And that's great and fantastic. But, and I like the band, but it's also just, it's just on the outside of like hardcore grind stuff that I can, that I that enjoy. Not your I'm not, yeah, I'm yep. not usually a hardcore grind metal kind of guy. Okay. Um, I like some stuff here and there. You guys, I like, cause you're a yeah. little bit, you're, you're, you're I mean, it's, we, we all it's like less hardcore stuff. and more, it's, yeah. it's still hardcore, but it's close enough to just being punk rock. Yeah. That appeals yeah. to me and it's catchy enough. It's, yeah, it's catchy. You and know, I have it's... friends in the band, so I have to, by law. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, you know, we all like different stuff. Like, you know, we like, I, I don't think any of us listen to like exclusive, exclusively heavy music. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge pop dork, you know, personally. Oh, do you? Well, like, yeah, like, yeah, Sue is not really a heavy person. I mean, she yeah. does listen to it, but for the most part, she likes poppier stuff. Yeah, you know, I like punk and hardcore, yeah. but, and, but, and, and, and I, but I'm also in a Gin Blossoms cover band. So, you know. <gasps> Why are we not talking about the Gin Blossoms oh, yeah. cover band? <laughs> that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, 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 my other podcast, um, Allison Road, but <laughs> Allison Road with Dead Air Dennis. Right, no, yeah. actually, I, I probably could do one episode talking about how right. much I like the Jim Lawson. That's as I'd far be as happy, that happily be a guest on it <laughs> when it actually happens. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody who's doing a Gin Blossom cover band or a Gin Blossoms podcast. But if they are, more power to you because right, yeah, you're taking real. passion and you're running. They're, full a, they're, forth a, lo- with they're it. a lovely band. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Humans, because I feel like I smell like a sock. <laughs> Everyone on the podcast just smells like mm, this podcast now smells a little bit better. <laughs> so, but. So you're able to do your job on the road. Yeah. Uh, however, but like I'm not saying I'm I'm still having to take lots of vacation days and, yeah. and everything, you know, to balance it out. And, you know, the other the other uh, kind of communication technology that we use at my work and a lot of software companies use a lot of like tech companies use it. It's called Slack. It's kind of like like a sort of like a chat room type of thing. Um, but it has all these cool features for like sharing, like collaborating with Google Docs or GitHub or whatever. You know, it's actually really great. It's like um it, we started using Slack at my work like a, like maybe six months ago, and it has like made us all like so much more productive. It's like, and you can use it on your phone, you know. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, it's like, it's like, it's it's you can seamlessly like drag and drop share documents that way. Like I, you know, I, I and it's also free. 
So, you know, like, I feel like you, you know, can't go wrong. Slack, it's great. Well, this <laughs> is the thing I was going to, uh, was the one thing I wanted to bring up earlier was you were talking about the old days of having mm-hmm. like internet cradles and doing chat rooms. Uh, or, or oh, chat, yeah, I started, I, I started but also out doing like command. Prompt oh, yeah. Games. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was also a, a like a Unix systems administrator and, uh, you know, when I was in college and, and I, and the, the, I met. So many of my early punk and hardcore friends on IRC, which I don't even know if you know what that is. No, I don't. It's Internet Relay. It, 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 it stands for Internet Relay Chat. It's basically okay. like kind of like a chat room or like uh, like Instant Messenger or something. Yes, there would be like yeah. you know ch- different channels. So there was like Channel Straight Edge, like which is like where I uh, started hanging out and I met you know a lot of uh, people that I'm still friends with. Uh, you know. Well, what I was going to ask is while you're on tour here, how many episodes of Halt and Catch Fire have you been been watching? Oh man, you know like. <laughs> I actually need to like I, I I kind of lost track of that show like last year uh, when we I started doing this summer tour and I and I forgot uh, to continue to listen to it. But the I that show is great. The other it's the wonderful. other the other one uh, is Mr. Robot. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, I did. I watched, I'm not happy with it. I watched the first episode. Watch like maybe fifteen ten minutes into the first episode, I was smiling like a monster because they actually get the they're the only show I've ever seen that actually gets the tech right but to like people yeah, that don't know did. to that to, for people that like you know aren't in this world it probably sounds like gibberish either way but yeah to, they could just you know, make up the gibberish right the gibberish yeah exactly but like but but it but it, it's very difficult for me to watch a lot of shows that focus on tech or computer hacking or whatever because because i because the gib the gibberish just pulls me completely out of the you know the, the show or whatever you know well, okay here's my problem with mr robot yeah was episode i can't remember if it was six or mm-hmm. eight when they dropped the twist. Mm-hmm. Because from the first moment of the show, I was like, you know what? I'm going to draw. I, I don't care about spoilers. If you're listening, you haven't seen Mr. Robot. Sorry. Fast forward 10 seconds if you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you what happened. I, the, the first inclination I was like, you know, I would be really disappointed this show ha- was, a, was a lot like Fight Club. And mm-hmm. then episode six or eight, it kind the of twist was, is. I mean, the, but like, no, the whole yeah. show is a 10 hour long version of Fight Club. I Essentially. The plot is the same. The fact that Christian Slater's his imaginary right, his, fair his, enough. instead of it being his alter ego, it's his dead dad. That's his imagination. Yeah, He's the person going through all of it, and they're trying to take down the world using the financial thing. I, I threw my hands up. Like I, they were doing such a great job. If mm-hmm. that wasn't the twist, okay, I would have loved it. Like I don't. Fair like enough. Fight I don't. Club. I don't agree with you, but yeah, you know, but I, that's okay. I never liked Fight Club, and the show was great up until that moment. Because I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't let him be imaginary. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, the. Just like Fight Club, and it was. Mm-hmm. I, I finished watching it, and I was like, "It's so good." If it just didn't have that Fight Club thing to it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I we can, you know, I I I I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I'm not gonna probably change your mind. That I'm not gonna yeah. make you like Fight Club by uh, telling you. To yeah, like I'm it, probably so. gonna watch second <laughs> season because it was that good. Yeah, but. it was. I, I I thought it was a great show, but you know. If you, hey, if you ever want to do a Mr. Robot podcast. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm getting so many other podcast right. <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Today, we're going to do a Gin Blossoms. Right, uh, yeah. I lo- uh, Allison Road. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, hey, Jealousy, the Gin Blossoms podcast. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Talking Robot. Yeah, ta- yeah I, I like it. <laughs> Chris, if Chris Hardwick hasn't already jumped on the after show for that yet. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Nancy, while you're, in the, uh, while you're in the room, what is, and we're talking TV. When you're on the road, is there anything that you binge watch? Is there something that keeps you having the comforts of home? That because being on the road, it can't be easy. I can't imagine um, that it's easy, no, especially I as can. much as you, like you guys are. What three, four week tour this time around? We're about three weeks. Three yeah. weeks? Okay. I don't know, twenty days or something like that. Eighteen. Let's say, let's say two. Three. Uh, anyway, say three. they uh, 
I have a hard time falling asleep in weird places sometimes, yeah. and or in general. And I just I fall asleep to Futurama like every night on my headphones, and I I've watched every episode like a million times over. And now it's just very comforting to just put on and pass out to. And that's, like, really my thing that I watch at night. And then I watch all kinds of other shit. But, like, to fall asleep to, Futurama. No, that's yeah. that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Matt Groening makes great TV that... It's sure has, my favorite has, shows ever. Yeah, so. even Futurama, for being his newer show, still has that comfortable feel that The yeah, Simpsons yeah. had. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, like, Simpsons by proxy. Seasons, pretty much. So. Well, we're, we're, really? all, we're all obsessed yeah. with the Futurama, Futurama iPhone game right now. Oh, I, yeah. no, I, I know there's an iPhone game out. I haven't played so I haven't wa- I have, So I haven't watched... Anything because I've been staring at that stupid nefarious game the entire tour. <laughs> I've been I, I have not been drawing, I've not been reading, I've been playing this dumb game. Anyway, it's really fun. Uh, I mean, addictive, whatever. <laughs> so you're doing computer programming. When did you start playing music, and how did you get into the this band currently? Okay, well, I've been playing music, you know, since I was a kid. I, you know, I love music. I've, um, I, you know, I I started like playing like you know saxophone and stuff in like fourth grade and st- and and then I played you know I played that in marching band I also played drums in marching band in high school I was in jazz band all that stuff um, I got I I got into uh, like wanting to be like a rock musician or whatever like probably when I was like maybe twelve. Maybe like thirteen, you know. I started playing guitar. That's about the same age. About everybody kind of starts wanting getting into rock music. I was really into like um, I started out like getting really. I I was really into like uh, like what 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 was called like alternative music, like before Nirvana and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like oh, you know, bands with the funny haircuts, bands from England, or bands with girls in the band. The type of stuff they would play on uh, MTV's One Hundred and Twenty Minutes that show. and Matt Pinfield, or yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, 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 Matt, Matt Pinfield was um, the DJ of uh, the music director of the radio station I was listening to, like as a kid in New Jersey, WHTG, and I, and he also had a show from four to seven p.m. every day. I would call him up and bother him. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that's how I, I yeah. uh, that's how I'm friends with most of the people that yeah. work at WHFS yeah. or I used to work wanted, at HFS. Is just, just wanted, calling and bugging them. I just wanted somebody to talk to about music. You know, I didn't have any older brothers or anything or sisters like to like make me listen to records, you know, so, I don't know, um, and then I got, I got, you know, I, later on I got, re, you know, really into punk and hardcore, like, when I, get and I was like, oh my god, hey, there's all these people that want to talk to, talk about, like, music, and, you know, go to shows with me, yay, so, punk, <laughs> punk and hardcore, and then, you know, I started playing in, in bands when I was in high school, I started playing in punk bands probably in, like, 1995, uh, and I started playing in War on Women, I think in 2013. Um, okay. There used to be uh, another bass player for War on Women named Rusty, um, and he had to leave the band, so they asked me to join, and I was like, maybe, I don't know. And then they were, then they were like, well, we're gonna, we have like a three-week tour coming up uh, on the West Coast, and I was like, oh yes, yes, I will do it. Yes, <laughs> you know, you're so, going on tour. Yes, I'll yeah, be there. That's yeah. great. So um, I don't, um, I, I kind of took a 10-year break from, like, playing in punk bands between, like, 2003 and 2013 or so, um, uh, and, uh, like, yeah, and, but I got, you know, I got, I'm, uh, I'm very glad to be back. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Now, this is a, a question I do have to ask now, because the, one of the most recent guests on the podcast was my good buddy, Scott Lester, who's the producer for The Kane Show, who's also a musician, and he was telling me, because you, because you play bass, and I kind of know this to be true. Yeah. 
most bass players usually start out guitar players. Did yep, you start? Yes, out? yes, absolutely. And if you, if anybody, if anybody sees me play bass that knows, they will know uh, immediately that I'm actually a guitar player. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to play bass. That was I wanted to play bass before I started playing guitar. I asked for a bass for my birthday. My dad bought me a guitar instead uh, because he said you can't play songs on bass anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> Your dad is pretty much instrumental yeah. in everything yeah. by 40, by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna leave you guys. Um, okay. Actually, we were just gonna ask if you recap. Okay. Well, unless goodbye, you have everybody. Else. Thanks for listening to us ramble on about our <laughs> yeah. our silly lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and so we're gonna end the podcast there. Nance, it was great seeing you again. I can't wait to see how the uh, see the band live tonight. Yeah. Sue, it was a pleasure meeting great. you. Yeah, this was thanks. super interesting. This like was the home run of podcasts <laughs> for the theme that I'm doing because again, very serious, interesting job by day. And then by night, going out there, playing in a punk band, play, doing all that to make a living. Uh, to eh, make a living. Nope. Uh, no, yeah. No, nobody in music makes a living anymore. Nope. Uh, but the to band, do that to make band, yourself happy. The band pretty much pays for the band. So that's cool. Yeah. You know, my expensive, time-consuming hobby pays for my expensive, time-consuming hobby. All right. All right. Let's go watch other bands. All right, bye. And there you have it, my podcast with Sue Warner and Nancy Harburg of War on Winning. A hardcore feminist punk band. You already know that because you listen to it. Thank you again for listening to this. I it was a fun podcast to listen to them too. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. I was going to set this up in the intro, but I didn't because uh, I, I didn't want to give you guys away. If you're a regular listener, you know I'm very obsessed with the tech of my podcast. All right, I'm obsessed with sound quality. Uh, probably to a spectrum on a spectrum degree <laughs> obsession. But this podcast was actually recorded with my iPhone. Most of it was. I uh, brought my laptop and my microphones, which are really good la- microphones. Laptop was being shitty about booting up. So, and I don't want to take into too much of time because we're backstage in their very tiny dressing room. A dressing room much smaller than my studio. And I have a small studio. And they just like, hey, can we record this on the iPhone? Yeah, let's do the iPhone. So I popped out the iPhone, hit the record button, started talking to it, just holding it like a microphone, passing it back and forth, cleaned up the audio a little bit, not by much, really. I uh, brought up some of Nancy's volume when she was talking off, off mic and cleaned that up so it's more easily to hear. So it's better for you to hear that. But I didn't really adjust the audio at all. And then I, uh, while Sue and I were talking, the laptop finally came out. I hit record. Secretly handed her the microphones, took my microphone, edited out a little microphone rumbling. You might actually still hear it in the podcast. Talked on the on the microphones through the majority of the middle of the podcast and then switched back to the iPhone to do the outro. And it's pretty seamless. If you could hear the difference, I will probably call you a liar. You did not know the difference until I brought it up right now, I bet. Maybe somebody, but I very doubt anybody did. And I was excited by this. This is fantastic. I was able to do my podcast with my iPhone, which, and make it sound very good. Which also makes me mad now because I just got back from Boston, uh, Boston Comic Con this weekend, uh, where I, I went as a spectator. Did not have media passes. First time I've ever been turned down for media. Well, Boston Comic Con is the only place that's ever turned me down for media pass, pa- uh, press passes. So I just went as a fan. I went to see my buddies uh, do some comedy shows. Kevin Harrington, Anthony Sabelli, John Paul Riviera, um, and Tim Funk. They did a really great stand-up comedy show for the audiences at Boston Comic Con, and then they did this really cool show called Sketch Fighter. Uh, it's Tim Funk's. Um, uh, bag. Uh, it's a show that he does called Sketchfighter, where they have basically a comedian and a comic book artist play Pictionary against another team. So you have the artist draw, and the comedian has to guess what it is. All the clues are geek based. Here's the twist, though: 
then they have to switch positions. The comedian has to draw for the artist. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than you think it was. Uh, who was on that? It was Ken Reed, um, good friend of the of the podcast and, the, and, and myself, Ken Reed. Mike Lawrence, who is absolutely hilarious, won the Montreal roast battle on Comedy Central this year, and he's just blown up. He was in town for two things at Laugh Boston. They brought him on that. Uh, Phoebe Angle, who was absolutely hilarious and a joy to watch during the show. Uh, I posted a bunch of pictures uh, on my Facebook uh, it'll be a public file if you want to check out some of the pictures for it. Uh, and then who was the fourth? Kevin Harrington again, uh, who is the, the 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 geek comedy king of Boston. Uh, the four of them did it with uh, some artists, Sarah Richardson, Tim Steely, and uh, two other artists whose names escape me right now. Um, but they're tagged in the Facebook posts. So if you're a fan of comic book artists, go check them out and check out their work. Check out the comedians I just mentioned because it was a fucking funny ass show. So it was a good time in Boston Comic Con, but a very long weekend for me. And what I'm mad about myself is I did not do any interviews with my iPhone. I knew I could. I didn't. Because I think I really wanted to do a whole episode about Boston Comic Con. But I didn't. So I'm a little mad at myself for that. Because I, I, I didn't want to look like a bum interviewing random people with no press pass and an iPhone. But Dennis is what you're going to say to yourself. Who the hell fucking cares? And you're right. But sometimes I can't get myself past that. And that's my problem to deal with. So my other problem to deal with is it's hot as hell, hot as hell in this studio right now. Uh, Jesse, my roommate, who's also a comedian, Jesse Miles, and I just finally installed an air conditioner here in the studio. But I don't want to run it during the intros and outros. So I have to turn it on, get the room cool enough, and then turn it off. And then hope I can finish this intro before I start sweating buckets, which I'm starting to already. So... When I have, uh, for the next couple of weeks while it's still hot, I'm going to have to get the room super chilled, cool, uh, before the guests come in here and then, and then turn it off and then hope we, hope that we don't die <laughs> from heat exhaustion during the podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, local comedian and podcaster, Dead Air Dennis, found dead in his studio with a guest because they died of heat exhaustion from sitting around talking. More story on that. As it develops here on CBS News. <laughs> Less if my death would make it to, to, to the local news. Oh, I, I doubt there would even be a tweet about my death. Anyway. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to it, I appreciate it. I hope that you continue listening to it. Um, if you came here from because you're a War on Women fan you want to find out more about the band... Do me a favor, shoot me a tweet at Dead Air Dennis, D-E-A-D-A-I-R-D-E-N-N-I-S, spelt the way you think it sounds, Dead Air Dennis. And uh, tell me that you enjoyed it. Tell me if you didn't enjoy it. If there's, if you have a thing where you're like, hey, you know what, maybe your podcast would be a little better if you, better if you did this, uh, go ahead and tweet that at me. Um, or even better, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, however you listen to this podcast. Leave a review there. Of this episode and of the podcast, please, because the reason that does it, uh, if you give it like four stars, five stars, whatever the, the rating system is, and you leave a comment, the system will, algorithm, will likely push this to a front page, or it'll put it up to more suggested suggested podcasts for people, and the likelihood that somebody sees that and then listens to it, and then they're going to find out about the band, and it's going to be better for everybody in the long run. I'm here basically showcasing things that I think, people who I think are great and interesting and talented for you, the audience. And the best thing that you can do is share or help me share this with other people. So thank you. I know I kind of end every podcast kind of begging to do that, but you're not going to do it if I don't ask. And the only reason I ask, and I hate asking, is so that we have a expanded network of listeners 
and it, things are going great. Uh, the, the numbers are going up every, every week. So those who are loyal listeners, thank you so very much for those of you who are new listeners. Thank you for at least listening once. And I hope that you come back and listen again. I hope that you found it enjoyable. If you want to say anything to me, you're always welcome to shoot me a tweet, Dead Air Dennis, on the Twitter, or email me, Dennis at DeadAirDennis.com. Thank you again for listening. Have a great summer. Um, if you're in Baltimore, come to the Zissimo's on Friday, August the 19th, 8 o'clock for the show. Um, hey, maybe I'll buy you a Natty Bow. If you come to the show and you see me, I'll buy you a Natty Bow. Uh, that's probably not a prize for some people that may be, that may be a, 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 a torture or that may be a negative thing. I love my Nady Bill. Alright, guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care, good night. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I know there's a quick song there uh, by the Dirty Dotties that we close the podcast with, but I'm not sure how to do this music thing right now when we got one song. Uh, but this is actually War on Women's song. It's kind of one of my favorite songs. It's the one that I talk about in the podcast that uh, lyrically makes me slightly uncomfortable. It's Say It by War on Women. And so what do you really do with the podcast? Your house, Dead Air Dance.